Hi, this is Nara Bonafidi with Good Faith Ministries. Welcome to my podcast, I Was Made for This, where we will be talking about identity, things like finding your real purpose and how God has an awesome plan for your life. Discovering who you really are, what you were made for, and becoming who God has created you to be is true freedom. So I invite you to join me as we explore and talk about God's goodness, His unique plan for each of us, and how we can experience victory in our lives. Hello everyone, thank you for joining me today. I'm gonna be talking about if the suit fits, wear it. And I'll explain what I mean about that. Recently, I went birthday and Christmas shopping since my birthday is in December. So my husband blessed me with a short shopping trip. Since he doesn't really like to go shopping, that's just not one of his things. But he went with me, and I actually had fun trying on clothes, which is unusual for me. And I picked out a few things that fit. Now, they not only fit my body, but they fit the occasion that I was buying them for. And I had some specific events and meetings that I had in mind, and I needed a couple of new outfits for these. So it was a successful short shopping trip. Well, try saying that three times. So I'm talking today about things that fit. I think I hope you're having a wonderful day, and I hope you're getting ready for Christmas. It's only, what, 10 or 11 days away? Oh, my goodness. Um, things that fit, things that we put on, things that were specifically designed for us. I just thought of something. Wouldn't it be great to have your own personal designer? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Someone who could design and make your clothes that are original and fit you perfectly? Wouldn't that be great? Guess what? We do have that. God has specifically, intentionally, wonderfully created a suit for you that fits you perfectly. It's original. It's only yours. And it was designed and fashioned for you only. He had you in mind when he created it. I want to read this uh, scripture found in Psalm 139, verse 14. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. If, if he went to such a great length to intricately form you, then don't you think he has a beautiful suit that complements us and fits us just right? That's his plan. That is his plan that he has for you and me. And he's provided a suit to wear in carrying out that plan. Isn't that amazing? There's an armor. There's an armor. You could, you could say a suit that fits all of us. And that's the armor of God. The description of that armor is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. And I'm going to read just a portion of that. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
I want to stop here just for a moment. I, I'm not going to talk about the full armor right now, but I want to just kind of focus in on this part right now. Um, I recently went shopping for boots, and I was reminded of this song by Nancy Sinatra. Oh, it was many, many years ago. And it's called, These Boots Were Made for Walking. And as I was trying on boots, I was just thinking about that song, and it made me think about this, this scripture. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You know, we really need to focus on that. I know I do during this holiday season that we are fitted. We have the readiness, no matter what situation that we face during the holidays, our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I want us to think about that for just a moment and keep that in mind as we go through this holiday season. So let's finish with the rest of this scripture. It says, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I, I'm not going to teach on that full armor today. I'm going to focus on the armor, the suit, that's found in the story of David and Goliath. Now, this is a well-known Bible story, and I'm, I'm sure most of you have heard it several times. But I'm going to talk about the armor, the suit, that fit him. I'm going to condense this story for sake of time, but David was the youngest son of Jesse. Jesse, the father, had assigned David to be the shepherd for the family sheep, right? So there's a whole backstory of how David was overlooked more than once, actually, for the choosing of a king, which really indicates to me that Jesse, his father, didn't fully recognize or didn't recognize at all the calling, the destiny, and divine purpose that was on David's life. And no one else did, for that matter, either, really. David learned how to fight battles while he was all alone watching over the sheep. He defended them. He, it, it talks about him killing a lion and a bear. And I'm sure there were even more battles he was in that wasn't even recorded. So he learned how to fight with what he had. And what he had was on-the-job training. And I'm sure he said many prayers and received wisdom and discernment from God. I can only imagine. My guess is that he learned who he was in God on the backside of a mountain, all by himself, guarding sheep. So let's, let's fast forward to the war raging between the army of Israel and the Philistines. Now, David's older brothers, they were in the army fighting against the Philistines, and David was still watching sheep. Now, there was a giant called Goliath, and he was a Philistine, and all the men in the army were afraid of him because he was brutal, and he was huge. He was known as a champion among the Philistines and all around. So, entered David. His father sent him out um, to bring food to his brothers who were soldiers in the army. 
And it was then that some trash talk took place. And David was, he questioned everybody's great fear of this giant. And I want to read um, something that he said. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26, in the Amplified, it says, Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him. He said, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace, and I want you to remember this, of his taunting from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God. Then everyone started to mock him. They literally tried to put him in his place, which was a lowly place in their eyes. Who do you think you are, they probably thought. Have you ever heard that yourself? I have. I've heard that. I'm sure you have too. When I've embarked on a new assignment from God or a new adventure in faith or, I don't know, just a simple act of stepping out in faith, you could sometimes hear this, who do you think you are? I just want to remind you, whenever you hear that, you can chalk it up to the enemy taunting you. I just want to take a little, just a short side trip here. Um, It'll all tie in together, but I want to say this. There's a great danger, a great danger in taunting or mocking God's people, God's purpose, God's plan for a person. God doesn't approve of that. You know, Ross and I really um, focus on youth a lot. I mean, we love people and we minister to all ages, all demographics, but youth has really been on our heart a lot. Lately, And if you allow a child to be mocked or taunted because of their stand spiritually, then you'll be held accountable for their, their fall. Mm. I'm telling you, God is talking to children. I see it. I hear it all the time. I am encouraged with this generation because I interact with them. The, the ones um, that are tuned in and tuned on to the things of God are way past where I was when I was their age. It's amazing. The ones who really get a hold of their destiny, their purpose, they're on fire. I get to watch as God works in their lives, and I get the honor and the privilege of being just a small part of that. I'm so thankful. You know, I talk with youth all the time. And they tell their testimonies of God's goodness and how he's moving in their lives and how it's affecting not only their immediate family, but their communities. It's beautiful to watch. So just a little encouragement here. Let's help the young people. Let's say yes to working with God in this new generation. And they need us. They need us. They need us to lead. They need us as an example. They need us to listen. Listen to them. Listen to them. And they need our support. Because they are hearing from God. They are. 
And I pray that we all get on the right side of things so our children, our grandchildren, our mentees, youth in general, can not only survive this world that is ever-changing and, and we all know the state that it's in right now, but they can thrive in the very center of God's will for them. So, David, what did David say to the doubters, the naysayers? Did he run home to his sheep and feel depressed and rejected? No. He answered. He answered. And he answered with confidence because he'd been in training when no one was looking. No one was even noticing him. I have a question for you to think about. Are you noticing your child, your grandchild, or any youth that you have any influence over whatsoever? Are you asking God to help you really see what He sees so you can work with Him in their lives? Maybe even with your children who are grown and have families of their own. You may think, well, it's too late. It's not. God still has that plan. Even if they didn't completely walk in it, He still has that plan for them. Now, it may be edited a little, but it's still God's plan for where they are in their lives. You know what? God showed me this, and it really just opens my eye, opened my eyes. God's plan never expires until we do. Then, when our life on this earth is over, we still have a plan of God for our lives with Him forevermore. Wow! You just can't lose with God. He's got you. And He's got your children. We just have to work with Him. Okay, so back to David. Here's what happened. David went back to the battlefield, and he was determined to kill the giant. He had holy boldness. Oh, man, that's a message all in itself. A boldness that can only come from God. Finally, Saul, the king, gave David his armor for David to wear into battle. Okay, get the picture. Saul tried to fit his armor onto David. Because in everybody's eyes, David was not ready for battle. And they thought he would be killed. They did not have any confidence in him at all. So in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38 through 40, it says this, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic, his own clothes. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic. Now, David fastened his sword over his tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. It, it wasn't comfortable. Have you ever tried on clothes? They were too tight. They were too this, too that. It didn't fit. You couldn't. Tight jeans, girls. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, he said, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took the clothes off. Then he took, or, or the armor that they tried to put on him off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose 
five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and, with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Okay, get the picture. Saul the king tried to put on an armor that didn't fit David. David didn't wear it. He wore what was comfortable to him, his own suit. Well, we know how that story ends, right? With David killing the giant and actually becoming a hero. From zero to hero in a very short amount of time. Then, eventually, becoming king, which was in God's plan for him all along. It was his destiny. So, here's my takeaway and encouragement that I believe is from the Lord for you today. I know it encouraged me. David was being prepared. When he was a shepherd boy, God was preparing him. Your children are being prepared right now. They're being prepared for something. The question is, do you know what that something is? And if not, ask God to show you how to help him or her. Here's some questions that I know I've thought about, and it might be helpful to ask yourself. How do I train up a child? I mean, the how-to. How do I train up a child in the way he should go? I believe God will give you a plan and some specifics on that. Another question. Am I hearing my child's heart? Am I really listening? I know when we listen to to teenagers and even some of uh, family members, you know, I really try to listen to their heart. It will tell you a lot. Am I guiding them in the way I think they should go, in the direction I want or I went in my own life? All right, I'm going I'm to read that again. This is important. Am I guiding them in the way I think they should go, and in the direction I went in my life? You hear what I'm saying? What if my suit, the one I wear and want them to wear, doesn't fit them? They may try to wear it, but if they do, and that's not what they were created to be, then they'll trip and fall. You know, I truly believe that if we let God have His way with our children and work with Him in their growth, then like the armies of Israel, we will benefit from their victories too. Not only will your child become who he or she was called to be, um, like David was destined to be king, but your future will be impacted in a positive way. Until you ask God what he's planned for your children, you just might be working against him, and that could be disastrous. I've actually seen this happen. You know, most parents want their child to be like them, and that in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. That's not necessarily bad. But to enforce something without consulting God about your child's future, I believe is a gross mistake. And it could come back to haunt you and really affect your entire family and and 
possibly for generations to come. Just, just something to pray about. You know, when we mentor young people, and especially the youth in prison, our primary focus is for them to first know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then help them to really know who they are, their identity. And then bring out the gifts. We, we help, you know, we, we facilitate, we provide an atmosphere where their gifts can become known to them, the ones that God has placed on the inside of them. It's a beautiful thing to watch young people discover who God created them to be. It changes everything. And if young people are influenced to do or be something other than what the Lord has planned and, and destined for them, then they'll miss their true purpose on this earth. I believe it's vitally important to teach our children how to pray, study the Word of God, how to hear from God, and be led by their spirit and not by what someone else is pushing them to be or do. And you know, this will also, it, it'll really protect them from peer pressure, I believe. If, if a child is taught how to hear God's voice, they won't so easily follow a voice that is contrary to the one they know well. In today's society, that's vital because we know there are voices out there for them to listen to, right? If we don't guide the youth who's been placed in our lives in the ways of God, then they'll be guided elsewhere. And the outcome may not be what you want or expected. The youth of today are exposed to so many things out there and without the proper training and boundaries in place, I talk about boundaries a lot, they'll fall for anything. And I truly believe that God will hold us responsible. We're responsible for imparting something of value to them, something that will encourage and help them throughout their life. Now, that's what the Word of God instructs us to do. The Word instructs us to teach the children. Now, that's not always our own children, even though that applies. It could be even those that don't necessarily belong to our own household. That's why Ross and I go into youth prisons. We're not taking the parents' place, but we're filling a vacuum in their lives. We're injecting hope. We're teaching faith. And we're resurrecting, resurrecting dreams. We're teaching them that they can become something other than a number and that they have a God-given identity. Wow. I know I concentrate on, on youth a lot, and that's just the way the Lord is, is leading me today. Um, I, I just feel that unction, and I feel that leading to really focus in on youth because it is Christmas time, you know, and it is about children, right? It is about the celebration of Jesus, the reason for the season. So for those of you who are praying for your children, your grandchildren, or any youth at all, I want to join you in that. And the word says this in Psalm 115, 14. May the Lord give you increase more and more. You 
and your children. Proverbs 4, 18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that grows brighter until the full light of day. And I want to pray that for you and your children. Father, I pray that they will not get on a path that leads them further and further away from the perfect plan God has for them. I pray that these children will call upon the Lord and He will show them great and mighty things that they didn't know before. Jeremiah 33.3, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. Father, I pray that as these, these young ones, the ones that know you, who've asked your son Jesus to come into their heart, that they'll be a bright, shining light to others, even their parents. And I pray, Lord, for the parents to have a listening heart for their children, that they'll truly listen to their heart and the words that they're saying. They'll take that time. That these precious parents, these guardians, these shepherds, these mentors will properly steward and watch over their child's life and their future. And I thank you for that, Lord, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I I hope you received that prayer today. I know as as I was praying, I, I prayed that for myself as well. You know, David's father tried to keep David a shepherd boy. In his mind, that was where he was supposed to be. He didn't have eyes to see or ears to hear what God had planned for David. But David knew. He knew. He knew in his heart. And I want to leave you with this. The heart knows what suit fits. I have really enjoyed being with you today, and thank you for joining me. And I want to invite you to join me next week. I'm going to have a special guest. It's going to be great. We're going to be talking about the ultimate gift. God bless you, and I pray that you have a very blessed and Merry Christmas.